board. So, John, you were at Colonial this past uh, Sunday. Well, what was it like? It was so go, going from the PGA to this, you might feel like a little bit of, uh, uh, I don't know, coming off like a high to a low or something like that, going from a major to a non major. Um, but it, it really wasn't anything like that, especially if you were there. Um, if, if Spieth had won, I don't want to say it would have been the equivalent of what we saw on 18 at Kiowa with Phil and the crowd, but it, it would have been something crazy like that. And it would have been good for the sport. Um, like shout out to Coke crack. He, he played amazing. Um, but it would have been very, very good for the sport to have like those two things happening back to back weeks. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if Jordan Spieth wins anything, I feel like it's going to be a madhouse. It, it, it's literally like, like Tiger Woods can go out and play 18, like in Sayville by us and people would still follow it. Like it's. Yeah, no, but, like, but the thing is like, like I, I was, I was there obviously. So like the difference in the crowd between when Kokrak hit a shot versus when Spieth hit a shot, there were some shots that Kokrak hit and nobody like, not a single clap, nothing. I swear, it was very, very weird. Like, you'd think there'd be a little, like, something, but, like, there were some shots that he hit, like, decent shots. Like, he, he'd drive it in the fairway. He'd have honors driving in the fairway. No one would do anything. Speed comes up, Speed hits it in the rough, and people are going crazy. They're going nuts, you know? Was that, like, throughout the entire tournament? Because Oh, you, oh you, saw, yeah. you saw, like, uh, JT hit. You saw a couple other guys uh, played. Was there any, like, like non-reaction from them, or is it just because... I don't know. I guess guess uh, Jason Kokrak really isn't a big time name. It was it it was it wasn't that. It was just a massive home field advantage that Smith had. Like, I mean, the reason that would have been so big is Smith winning in Texas. Like those those fans there, they they would have went ballistic. I I don't, I don't like I like I said I don't want to say it would have been the equivalent of like what we saw with Phil, but it would it would have been something like that. And in the, in the early like you had a crowd of people following JT and like literally nobody else watching any other players other than him. Um, and he played with, who did he play? I think he, I think he played with Norlander, I think, which is kind of funny because Norlander um, was probably getting pissed off that all these people are following him. <laughs> but anyways, no, but it was, it was mostly people following JT throughout the morning. JT is Al Torres, Al Torres, also hometown kid. Um, and then through the afternoon, just a crowd of people following speed, maybe a couple people getting ahead to see Sergio Munoz, things like that. Yeah, no! Welcome into the Get in the Hole podcast, brought to you by Tomahawk Shade, Stateside Vodka, and Manscaped. Stephen McAvoy, John Mavalia here. As always, John, we are through Colonial and we're on to the Memorial. I feel like this is a stretch of, of uh, tournaments from the PGA Championship to Colonial to Memorial, and now the U.S. Open is only a, a week, two weeks away. Now, this is really like the home stretch of PGA golf, and it's really exciting. But we already talked about uh, what we saw between Jason Kokrak getting basically nothing. And Jordan Spieth getting every single uh, applaud, even 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 for his water shot on 18. But what else did you see uh, from Colonial this weekend? Well, what kind of stood out to you? Yeah, I think um, Kokrak and Spieth both had like I wouldn't say underwhelming rounds, um, but people a lot of people are are saying like, oh, Spieth choked, Spieth choked. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a choke, and 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 here's why. So Spieth was. Threw over par in his first three holes, 
um, maybe getting some nerves out or anything like that. But most of his mistakes were in the, out, in the, up, other than the water shot on 18. Um, most of his mistakes um, on those three holes were just like, just getting like the butterflies out, whatever it was. I wouldn't call that a choke. He had a whole um, 15 more holes to make that up. And he didn't play awful in those fifteen holes. He just lost a stroke here. He lost a stroke there. And then he gained one back. You know what I mean? So it, it was really just him trying to figure it out. And he said something really, really interesting in his um, post presser. He said um, he was taking the club back and he wasn't even sure where it was going. And that was weird to me because Spieth, in my opinion, he's one of the most talented um, players that we've ever seen in the sport. And I don't think a lot of people uh, real, realize that. And it's going to be really scary when he figures his game out. Um, but I like to say that there's three parts to everyone's game. There's the physical part, which is like your health, your, your, the strength, your body, everything. He's fine with that. He doesn't have to worry about that. Then it's the technical. So that's, um, how, how you swing your swing path, all that stuff, your low, the low point of your swing and all that. And that's where things got, that's the first point where things got a little shaky for him. And then the mental part of it. So I want to talk about the technical part of his game, um, in the past, uh, when you saw him first come out onto the scene, he was obviously winning major after major after major. And then he had a point where he was playing so bad that he actually apologized to Justin Thomas, who he was playing with. He was like, listen, like I played, I played so bad. I'm sorry. You had to, you had to go through that and take, I took up your time. Like they actually went out of his way and apologized to him. Um, and then we see him come back late 2020. Um, and now 2021 with all these top 20 finishes, like, okay, he's back. What changed? Um, he did made a couple of changes in his swing. And what he said was he found a way to shallow out the club to make it that his timing mattered less. So what that means is he was essentially coming a little too steep in his backswing, um, and missing the ball, right. And because he kept missing the bar, missing the ball, right. He would overcompensate with his hands and try and bring it back to the left. And then that's when he would miss left. So that's what happens when he says, I really don't know where the ball was going. And that's sort of what he said again Sunday and what made me think that, oh boy, no, is he going back to his old habits? But he just played three great rounds going into the weekend. So that brings me to the mental part of his game. Um, and what I saw firsthand is um, he was obviously the home hometown favorite. Like he, he had the home crowd and everything like that. People were shouting his name, like shouting encouragements to him. He didn't acknowledge a single one all day, which isn't uncommon amongst tour players. Um, but he, he looked like he was really trying to stay in the zone. And the way he was trying to stay in the zone was he was just talking his caddy set off. Like anytime he did anything, swung a ball was going to hit a shot. He was talking at his caddy, talking to his caddy. And basically just like, it seemed like his way of shutting everyone out was to overanalyze whatever he was doing. So whether it was the putt he just hit, whether it was the shot he was about to take, he was overanalyzing. And I get that that's a strategy kind of just like lock in. It's, Hey, it's me and my caddy and we're, we're going to go shoot the lowest score possible. But it really did seem at times like he was overthinking. And I know he, we know he spent like thousands of dollars on a sports psychologist and he's really been working on the mental part of his game. I don't think he completely has it figured out yet. But I, I really think he's going to figure it out. And when he does, like I said, I think it's going to be scary. And I think he's going to win a lot of majors. Um, but not not to take anything away from Kokrak, because um, I just talked about Spieth from I don't know how many minutes that was. But Kokrak, he he did what he had to do. He didn't he didn't he didn't 
go above and beyond, um, but he didn't have to. He he stayed focused and in in a hostile in hostile environment, if you will. Um, he he got the job done. He had a lot of good shots off the tee. He had a significant advantage, which um, isn't necessarily the biggest thing at Colonial, but it, it gave him an extra 20, 10 yards um, of room to work with um, into the green. Um, and from there, his, his approach play this week was amazing. So got a shout out to him. If I told you uh, beginning of the year that the only multi winners on tour this year would be Stuart Sink, Jason Kograk and Bryson DeChambeau, you're probably laughing in my face. <laughs> DeChambeau is a little more understandable to a degree if he's at the very least hitting fairways. But Stuart Sink in his mid-40s and now Jason Kograk, the uh, the late 30-year-old veteran, really kind of showing out. But going back to Jordan's meeting, really, you, you actually bring up a really interesting point here. And it's that, it's that he's kind of getting in his own head. And I mention it with Bryson DeChambeau every single time. He, 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 he almost overanalyzes everything he does and mm. it kind of screws him over. And it's interesting because Jordan Speed in 2017 was playing just to have fun. The kid was mm-hmm. going to, they always say, oh, play baseball or play football. Just, just yeah. go out there and have fun. And as a pro, it's almost hard to just go out there and enjoy yourself. And usually that only really happens when your name is Joel Damon and you shoot a 78 on day one. So, like, it's, it's very rare that, that, that you see these guys really kind of psycho, set themselves out and Jordan Spieth has been a very different guy in 2021. A lot of it has been since the restart. He has more top 25 finishes than anybody else on tour. He's also, he's also saying more eagle putts and more birdie putts than than everyone else in for Justin Rose. So you're you already know what he's capable of doing. But this week might have been one of those times to psych him out. But going back to now, uh, we're moving out from Colonial. We're going on onto the Memorial up in Moorfield Village, Dublin, Ohio. This is one of the first events that that's going to actually take place anywhere that isn't California, Florida, or Texas in this year, <laughs> and the very rare few like New Orleans and on um, the Carolinas. We're actually going up now to the to the north. It isn't so, it, it's not going to be cold by any means, quite obviously, because because we literally started June, but it's still going to be 65 degrees and breezy. You might see the Dustin Johnson hoodie come out with uh, with Colin Morikawa, but it's going to be a really <laughs> interesting week. This week we have a lot of things to discuss. The course itself, uh, the Jack Nicholas design course, which there aren't a lot of them. There's about, about four or five on tour, but they're always some of the hardest challenges on tour for just about anybody. The course is designed to fit Jack Nicholas's style of play, obviously. So a really good uh, ball striker wasn't didn't have have the uh, the longest distance, didn't have a Bryson DeChambeau driver, but was incredibly accurate. A gr- one of the greatest ball strikers of all time. Uh, his approach shots were always keen, and his putting. We, we know he loved uh, hard surfaces. He loved really tough greens, really fast greens. So the bent grass this week is going to be a big time thing. John, you have a lot more on the uh, the refurbishing of the course that actually went, went over this past offseason. So really, the, the the numbers from the 2019 and 2018 courses are very different now. They've moved the, they've moved the tee boxes back a hell of a lot. We're going to get into some of those keyholes there. Uh, they've replaced the greens with fully bent bent grass now. So it's going to be really interesting. But John. Take us through some of the things about the course that really stands out this week. Yeah, like you said, like they had those renovations over the offseason. And I was reading an article that said um, last year, as they were finishing up the Memorial Tournament, um, and Ron Rom ended up winning that, correct? Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Um, after, after that final group finished a hole, they were apparently going and tearing up the course after they finished holes or something crazy like that. It sounded a little bit um, out there to believe. But yeah, those, those renovations made the course longer um, and that they completely renovated each and every single green. And they brought in those, that bent grass, like you said, it's hundred percent bent grass. I believe it was bent grass and Poa, Poa, 
how do you say uh, that? You just, Pablo, you, I think it is. Yeah. I hand it over to the botanist for that. Yes, absolutely. It was a combination of the two. Now it's it's purely bent grass. So it's going to be interesting to see these these greens are are are, are more so known to um or the course is more so known to not really um favor good putters, but it's interesting to see how the the new bent grass greens um are gonna affect players going to the week. Um and how much how much the length is gonna matter. Is 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 the extra yardage really gonna affect these players? Because they all pretty much are hitting the ball on average, like 300 plus yards, you know? Um, but it's going to be interesting to see. It was really cool uh, when the PGA championship happened that, oh, it's 7,800 yards, the longest in major history, but the length one, it wasn't necessarily the problem in Kiowa. It was the wind in, mm. in Ohio. There isn't really a lot of wind to talk about. It's a very flat course in and of itself. So the course doesn't necessarily bring in the fact that, oh, you may have wind, wind to your back, wind flying around. So you got to calculate different things. It's just mm. going to be accuracy. Uh, there are six things that I want to kind of break down in terms of the um, statistics. And these are going to be uh, the big numbers that I'm going to talk about when I make my picks this week. But short gain on approach is going to be vital considering it, that Murfield Village is a very second shot course. And what I mean by that is, is obviously you want to be able to hit the fairway on your drive. Good driving is going to be another one of those stats. That's going to matter. Those guys who are able to hit fairways and reg very, very frequently, very often, at least in that 70% range are going to be really valuable. But a second shot into the third shot that you're going to have, whether it be to the green or to just short of the green, if you're going to look, you're going to lay up on those par fives, it's going to be a lot of bunkers, a lot of hazards, some water running around. Uh, it's going to be a really, it's going to be be, be a big challenge. So the, so the, the big six things that I'm, that I'm looking at are uh, short gained approach, uh, short gained in ball striking, good drives, short gained putting, and then players who perform well on the Jack Nicklaus style course, a couple of holes that are going to be, be really vital here. And these are some, ridiculous numbers that we were looking at prior to the show here. So the par 414 is only 363 yards. We very well might see Bryson DeChambeau drive it every single day. We'll see what happens if he can stay accurate. But these are going to be some holes to look out for. So the par 414 is going to be a great chance for Eagle if you're able to somehow get it there, especially uh, with the wind at your back. Some guys could very well hit it 360. Uh, the, thir the third hole is 401 yards. It's a very short uh, par four as well as the ninth hole, uh, 412 yards. This course is known for having ridiculously long par fours. The majority of them range in that 450 to 500 range. So it's going to be tough to, to make birdies. And obviously, it's almost a cop-out to say performing well in par fives is going to be a big difference maker. We obviously know that par fives are, are more birdieable than others. But even the par threes are long. There's only one par three on the course, less than 200 yards in length. Uh, there's a lot of slopes in these greens, including them being fast. So... While putting might not might not matter historically in these Jack Nicholas courses, the bankrupt will certainly be um, a major thing here. But one one of the craziest things that I was reading, the final four holes uh, equate out to sixteen hundred yards of total length. Now you got to realize this course is about seventy seventy seven uh, hundred yards. So when you think about it, that makes up more than twenty five percent of the overall course in four holes. It's a par five, a par three, and two par fours. And the par fours are 474 and 484, respectively. And not in, not to mention the par three is, is like 189 yards. So you got to realize this is a long course on the back end. And if guys are going to be screwing up towards the very end, it's only going to be worse if you have a bad four holes leaving. And then and then coming back the next day, it might, might be even worse. So that that's going to be the big thing about Memorial that I'm going to be looking out for. Those guys who could swing it well, have good drives, and can somehow get it from the 450 to 500-yard range on par fours you could somehow make the green, get pin high, find a good pin location. And again, like you said, the bent grass, 
a little faster. So guys who are known for putting slower, it might very well help them. But we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about some of the big players that you need to watch out for, including a little allusion to our possible picks, folks. Stay tuned. The Getting the Whole Podcast brought to you by Tomahawk Shade, Stateside Vodka, and Manscaped. Coming right back. The Get in the Hole podcast is sponsored by Tomahawk Shades, the best eyewear in the game. Tomahawk Shades is making sure that when you tee off on hole number one, your eyes are well protected from the sun as soon as you hit hole 18. Tomahawk Shades founded by two brothers on Long Island to make sure that you're getting a quality product for an affordable price and not spending an entire two weeks paycheck on one pair of sunglasses and you're looking styling and profiling on the golf course. And say you're at home watching the PGA Tour, they got the Blue Light Plus glasses to protect your eyes from those violent blue lights that come from your TV. Go to TomahawkShades.com right now, fill up your cart for the golf season, get the sunglasses, the Blue Light Plus glasses, and anything else you need while you're out on the course so that you look the best and you can live up to the look good, feel good, play good moniker that we live by here in the underground. And when you go to check out, Use our code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com and all orders qualify for free domestic shipping. That's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your order and all orders qualify for free domestic shipping. Big thank you to Tomahawk Shades for sponsoring the Get in the Hole podcast. Support for the Get in the Hole podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Guys, you want the best clubs in your bag when you're hitting the course, and you want the best men's grooming tools you possibly can have when you're shaving your balls. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped just like how your elite clubs don't make you shank the ball off the tee. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming, just like your putting game. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, which is about as quickly as Bryson DeChambeau's tee-offs with his driver, Travel. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 
USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. The Get in the Hole podcast is also sponsored by our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. That's right. Stateside Vodka is the official vodka of the Get in the Hole podcast. Guys, they're headquartered in Old Kensington, Philadelphia. They're right in our backyard. They are seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. And get this, Stateside Vodka is blended with electrolytes, making it the first vodka on the market blended with electrolytes on the same mineral composition found in that sports drink that starts with a G. And it's the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. They've also won awards for best packaging in the world. Who doesn't love a winner? And as you guys are listening to this, Stateside Vodka has got you ready for the summer. They just released the vodka sodas in the cans. They are in the vodka soda game. Stateside Vodka is taking things to the next level with their vodka soda variety pack. It's easily the drink of the summer. So go to statesidevodka.com right now. Get the vodka sodas. Get your vodka. They even have the bourbon in stock. And when they do, you don't want to miss out on that. It is very limited. So get your hands on everything that Stateside has to offer. And when you go to checkout, make sure you have those one liter bottles in your cart so you can help us out, pay some bills. Use our code USP to get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at statesidevodka.com. Must be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, guys, as always, please drink responsibly. Welcome back, folks, to the Get in the Hole podcast. Steve McAvoy, John Mavalia. So, John, we're going to talk some of the uh, big hitters here. We're going to start off with John Rahm, the defending champion. Ever since having his child uh, just prior to the Masters a couple of days before, he's been pretty good, but there have been times where he's been a little streaky. And, again, this is a very different course from last year. What should we expect uh, from Rombo? I, I think it's it's going to – a repeat is tough. Let me just say that up front. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tiptoe around. A, a repeat is tough. Uh, I mainly say that given the field, the field, obviously, as you know, we were looking at it before the show, it's, it's stacked, but when it comes to, to Rom himself, he, he hasn't been playing awful golf, but he hasn't been playing great golf. Um, and this is a little bit of a different course. I'm, I'm interested to see how he does this week, because I think that's gonna, that's gonna give us a sort of a blueprint, um, to pick him for whether or not for us, whether or not to pick him for the rest of the season. Um, so we'll see. But as as of right now, he's not a player that I'm going to look to um, necessarily pick in this tournament. So just like last week, you had the uh, the list of like 24 names uh, written down. And obviously <laughs> some of them will go down as our picks. Of course, uh, at the end of every at the end of every episode, we give you our fade 20, 10, 5 and a winner for this week. By the way, I just want to acknowledge that I'm a half pick up. Thanks to Sam Burns withdrawal from the PGA championship. So, OK, OK. So just want, to, just want to let the crowd know that I'm currently leading uh, in the race. But but guys who aren't your picks, we're going we're gonna to give you a few here, some honorable mentions to look out for, guys who could really thrive well at this course. John, I'll let you start off with uh, either one or two, and then I'll uh, follow up. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll throw in one, and then I'll let you go to throw in another. Um, the, the first guy I'm going to throw in um, is Rafa Cabrera-Bello. And he, he's a player who – he played in the Byron Nelson. He was, I want to say he finished top 20. I'm um, pretty sure he finished decently well 
um, this week. And he's kind of flying under the radar. He's playing very, very well. And he's really, really just basically making the cut. And then he's sneaking his way back into competition and, po- and posting um, uh, whatever, a top 25, whatever whatever it is. So he's a guy I, I could see playing very, very well this week. Um, he's, he's like, like we said, this course is going to be a little bit similar to last week. It's just going to be a little bit longer and there's going to be a little bit more things to look out for as far as, um, greenside bunkers, um, a little bit more, um, just chaos around the green is how I put it. Um, and, and he, and he's a guy who I think he fits this course pretty well. I could see him moving into the top 20 easily. So I, I have four, four guys of that two, uh, we'll watch out for, but I'm going to break them up two and two, and I'm going to let you kind of squeeze your way between uh, the first two and second two, but the first two is going to be Doug Ginn and Kevin Strillman. So both of these guys kind of have similar games in terms of while they are both very different in, in age, they're both very good uh, ball strikers in terms of the second shot into your third and the approach shot as well. They're both pretty good putters as well. I think both of them ha- have a good chance to fit here. They they both have pretty good track records here at Murfield Village, but not, not necessarily in the Memorial, uh, but in the work day. So we'll see what they're able to do uh, in this one. I think they could both very well push for a top 20 placement this week. Uh, again, they aren't going to be, be my top 20. However, I think they could very well get there. But Kevin Struman and Doug Gim, two guys to kind of look out for. They very much fit this course. John, who else you got? Struman could very well be a pick of mine later oh, on. Here we go. So, All right. Potentially. <laughs> potentially. Um, the, the guy, a guy I'm looking at, a uh, big name, Victor Hovland. Um, wow. He, in the Workday tournament, so this last year around this time, um, the Workday was the week before the Memorial, played at this, the exact course, um, and they kind of changed the course, made it a little harder, a little firmer, um, grew out the rough, obviously, a little bit for the Memorial. He's a guy at the Memorial. He was, I believe he was leading after 36 holes um, and he was leading, he was leading on Sunday um, and he just lost out, I believe to Morikawa and somebody else beat him out. I believe my memory's from me, but he, he's a guy who fits this course very, very well. He's a premier iron player. Um, I, th- I think depending on, it's all depending on pin locations. Um, I, I think I could see him really, really coming top five and potentially making a run to win this tournament uh, if he could keep it in the fairway. Victor Hovland was actually uh, one of the guys that I'm gonna I'm gonna put into this uh, second grouping that I have. Mm. The reason why Hovland I think stands out, and he very well could be a winner th- this week. I'm just not as confident as I am in my in Hovland as I am my actual w- uh, winning pick. But mm. Murfield Village has been a course that a lot of younger players, Patrick Cantlay, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, including John Rahm mm. to a degree, uh, have come into this course at a younger age, won it, and have gone on to pretty illustrious careers. Tiger Woods also being in that grouping and Victor Hovland, although he has already established himself as being a very good player, uh, this week could very well be his chance to show that he's a very uh, good player, a great player for that matter. So I think Victor, Victor Hovland has a shot to win this week. I think he has um, all the metrics down those six things that, that I said, he's a good driver. He's a good putter. He's a good ball striker. He kind of has everything sort of in, uh, in the fold here. The only big thing is going to be if he's able to keep it, keep it out of the rough. Uh, he's one of the worst players uh, among guys under the age of 28 in, in, in getting balls out of the second cut of rough after your tee shot. So, that's, so that'll be something to look out for. But then again, he's an escape artist. We've already seen him uh, at the Masters twice uh, go down with plus three, plus four rounds and come back with, uh, with minus four, minus six, seven. So we, we have really seen a lot. But the other guy who I'm going to look out for is Patrick Reed. He isn't one of the guys – who has to have has to be in good form to perform well at a tournament. He could very well miss the cut, finish top 40, and then next thing you know, he wins the event. 
Uh, first of all, I love the idea that that he's he, that he's one of the villains of golf because I love Pat Reed, despite <laughs> everyone absolutely hating him. If you notice, and this is kind of the, the wild gambler in me, he fits this course in terms of the gambling, not necessarily the playing. Every single time in the last five years that he has won a tournament that he wasn't projected a top five, he won at the like 40 to 50 to one odds range. And guess mm-hmm. where he is this week? 47 to one. So, so this is the perfect spot for Patrick Reed to somehow squeak his way to a win. He hasn't been playing uh, out of his mind, outside of his 10 top 10 finish at the Masters. So I think Pat Reed is going to, is going to perform pretty well this week. I'm going to put him down as a top 10, not as my pick, but I think he could certainly break that, break that, that top 10 once more. John, mm. do you have anybody else looking at? No, that, that's all I got. That was a, that's a really good pick. I think Patrick Reed, I don't think I'm, I'm being very straightforward. I don't think I'm going to pick him this week, um, but typically faders of the ball have done very, very well at this course, but apparently they've moved the tee box a little bit to the left. Uh, I don't know how that's going to play out um, come Thursday to Sunday, but that is a very, very good pick for value for sure. So Kevin Stroman, Doug Gim, Victor Hovland, Pat Reed, and Rafa Cabrera, Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Those are some guys that you need to look out for. But when we come back, we're going to give you the guys who you need to look out for, who's going to be our big winner at, uh, at the Memorial this week, folks. Stick around. We'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. Theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else. Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created. Acting, directing, producing, designing, all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This is Curtain Talk. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Yeah. 
Part three of three in the get of the getting the whole podcast. John Vavalia, Stephen McAvoy. We are going to give you our picks now for the week. We're going to start with our fade of the week. And John, I hope you don't mind if I uh, start this off because we have absolutely this field is so stacked that there was a part there, there was a part of me that was like I might have to pick someone to fade out of the top ten because this, the, <laughs> the field is so good. But uh, I'm going to go with the safest pick that I think that I think will not make the top twenty. So I'm going to take Sam Burns. One of the things that uh, one of the things I love about Sam Burns is that he's young, he's athletic, he's able to he, he he's a great driver off the tee. I picked him uh, for a top twenty at the PJ Championship, and of course he withdrew. Um, but actually, that that's the exact reason why I'm going to fade him. Uh, he got hurt on day one on day one with a back injury. We haven't really heard much about his recovery. Clearly, he's good enough to maybe play this weekend if he's even uh, healthy enough to do that. Regardless, I'm going to end up fading him. Uh, I'm going to call him the quote unquote safe fade outside of the top 20, but I really does hope that he comes back back from from this injury and strong as he's been uh, terrific this whole season. So, John, who are you going to fade this week? My fade this week, that is a very good pick, but I'm going to go a little, little bit higher in the odds. I'm going to go with Rory McIlroy as my fade for the week. Um, I, I He doesn't necessarily fit the mold of this course very, very well. Um, he, he can fade the ball, but he doesn't love to do it. I really like players who fade the ball. For this course. But on top of that, my the biggest reason that I'm not going to pick Rory is he hasn't been consistent and he's very, very hard, especially when it comes to picking him top five or to win. It's it's all it's all or nothing with him. Um, and when and when it comes to it, I think at the end of the day, he has his eyes more so set on Tory Pines than he does in the memorial. So are you gonna fade him outside of the top 20? Or? Outside of the top 20, to be fair. Yes, outside of the top 20. So my top 20 this week again, I was debating between Kevin Strillman, I was debating with Doug Gim. But I'm going to go with Justin Thomas. And although he comes in on DraftKings at minus 200, hold on, wait, he, hear me out here. He's been struggling so bad uh, ever since the players. His putting has been absolutely horrific. He looks sluggish on, on the course. Once he gets to the weekend, it, it, it looks like his, his game takes an absolute nosedive. But at the same time, he's arguably, he's arguably the best iron player in the world. So how can you not like him? Um, he, Jack Nicholas courses reward players like himself. Uh, those who hit the iron well, he's historically terrific on bank grass. He's the number two best player in strokes gained on Jack's courses. I think Justin Thomas, although it isn't a sexy pick, being that he's literally in the negative uh, for for odds makers, I still think he, he's almost a lock for for a top twenty for a top twenty this week. But again, I think he's allowed to be there considering how bad he's been over the last three weeks. This man just picked Justin Thomas to go top twenty in the year twenty twenty one. Unbelievable! My top twenty pick is going to be. I was between two choices here. Stroman was one of them, but I'm going to end up going with Matthew Fitzpatrick, who last year, I believe he finished top five or maybe it was 2019. Um, so he, he, he knows this course. Well, he's a good iron player. Um, I, I think he, on the putting side, I, th- I think he's, I think he's going to be fine. I don't, I don't know how the bent grass is going to affect these players, um, but he's a guy who fits this course really, really well. And he hasn't done anything in a while, which, is not necessarily the the best reason to pick somebody top 20. Um, But I I just feel like he's got to have a big weekend in him um, and give him some confidence for the U S open. Matt Fitzpatrick was actually one of my um, thought about picks for a top 10, but uh, for a top 10 this week, I'm I'm going Corey Connors at plus 225. over his past 24 rounds. He's second on, on tour in strokes, gain ball striking. He's first in fairways and regulation this season. He's just, he's just under 70% in driving accuracy. So again, those big numbers I was telling you, Shows gained approach, ball striking, good drives. He fits all of it. When you put it together, and this is this is the coolest part, shout out to the Action Network for calculating this for me. 
Corey Connors is ranked seventh in the field when you put together all six numbers that I ended up uh, giving you. Again, uh, strokes gained approach, strokes gained putting, good drives, uh, performance on Jack Nicholas's course, as well as uh, driving accuracy. He ranked seventh in the field, which is perfect for me. Corey Connors, top 10. You can put that one in the book. He's been so good this season. I don't know how you can't take him top 10 this week. That's a good pick. My top 10 pick is going to be Keegan Bradley for this week. Uh, he has four top 10 finishes on the season. Uh, I, I just see a lot, a lot of value and a lot, a lot of upside in Keegan Bradley. He's been playing well. In addition to that, he had a good week uh, at the PGA. He's been playing very, very, very tight with his irons. Um, not that there's a lot of wind at this course, but he's he's a player I really, really trust. Um, he's going to be going after pin locations, um, and he's going to keep it tight. He's my lock for top ten. Keegan Bradley's been really good uh, this year. He he was also he was also in that debate for a top twenty for me. Uh, we're going to move on here to the top five. And last week when we said that it's almost automatic that Abraham answered Lawson at top twenties, which by the way he did last week. Um, I should have taken him, but but John Gratiti for calling that a layup pick. Um, but Abraham answer to me is a poor man's Tony Finau. And I, and I want to take Tony for a top five this week. He's been terrific. And what's crazy to me is Tony Finau hasn't won on tour since 2016, but he's had 34 top 10 finishes over 137 events since that last win in 2016. He's, he's placed top 10 in almost 25% of tournaments he's played. And in Murfield village, he's, he's two for six in top 10 and two more in the top 20. So I think Tony Finau, while he's been a lot, almost a lot this year to finish top top 15, top 20 the entirety of the year, this course fits him perfectly. He's one of the better drivers in terms of accuracy. He doesn't necessarily have ridiculous length, but at the same time, though, he's able to get you exactly where you want to be. And he's one of the top five best players this this season uh, putting on bent grass. So Tony Finau plus 500. That's actually incredible odds for a guy of his stature. So I'm going to take Tony Finau to the bank, throw the 401k on plus 500 on that one. So Tony Finau was actually before you even opened your mouth was going to be my top five pick, but I am not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I can't, I can't, I gotta pick, I gotta, I gotta pick, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ride my own lane and I gotta pick. Um, let me look at my note card here. Mr. Patrick Cantley is my next best available player uh, for the top five. He's, he's won this event before um, premier iron player. Obviously if he could keep it straight off the tee, he has enough length. Um, to where I don't I don't think any of the added distance on this course is going to affect him. He'll be my top pick. Winners this week, it's been so challenging to pick a winner because of the people who, who, we've, all, who we've already talked about. Jordan Spieth might be the best player in the field in terms of his overall ability, but after we saw him against Jason Kokrak, I sort of faded away from him a little bit from winning. Uh, I thought Bryson DeChambeau was another really good player this week, although... Um, He's he's seventh to last on tour uh, in driving a- accuracy over his last 24 events. He's been absolutely putrid in terms of getting out of the rough. And back in 2018, he, he hit 84% of his fairways uh, for the weekend. So I think I, I'm not going to take Bryson DeChambeau. I'm going to actually double up on my pick from last week, who really disappointed me. But I'm going to go back with Colin Morikawa, and I'm going to trust him here at plus 1650. Every single stat that I discussed, shots gained approach, good driving, everything I've literally said 18 times. He's first in strokes gained on approach. He's first in strokes gained ball striking. He's first in scoring on long par fours. And he's the fifth best player in strokes gained on Jack Nicholas courses. He fits everything. And he is the second best player in the field this week behind Jordan Spieth. And the only reason that I'm going to say Jordan Spieth is the number one in this field is because he's been playing so well 
but I'm going to take Colin Morikawa for his second win at Murfield Village at plus 1650. There is no way this dude just stole my top five in Winnipeg's. <laughs> Unbelievable. Look, Unbelievable. Hey, hey, I am a gentleman. You're more than welcome to double up. Unbelievable. I don't, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'll, I was going to, I'll change my top five pick. I'm not changing my winner. Morikawa is my, is my winner for all the reasons this dude just freaking said. Um, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Tell me more. Speed was going to be my pick for this weekend. Here's where it all changed. Obviously, I was at the the uh, Colonial. Uh, on hole number six, Spieth hit a dart into into the green, put it like three, four feet from what I could tell. I didn't have the best view. Green was a little up. Yeah. Um, he, he made birdie on that hole. Um, everyone was hyped about that. He goes to 17. He hits one. He misses it right. It bounces off the tree, and it goes into the fairway. Um, speed missing right is just a bad sign for me. I talked I talked about this um, earlier on in the show. Um, he gets a, if he gets a little bit too steep in his backswing. Um, I, I, this is something that he can definitely correct. Um, but there's so many good players in this field that if he's not on top of his game or maybe a little bit mentally shaky, and he's coming in with that step sheet and he's he's missing right, um, I my confidence in him drops a little bit. Um, even though he's a premier iron player. Um, and for all, for all the reasons that he is like on fire right now, um, that's where it all changed for me. So I'm going to go with Morikawa. I'm still going to root for Steve. My heart is with Steve, but my scorecard is with Morikawa this week. Look, it's okay. If we end up doubling down on some picks realistically, and this is, this is what, what, what you and I've been saying. It's those top twenties and those fades that really kind of make you the money. Um, mm, yeah, that's true. At the very least, for us, obviously, obviously for uh, for those of you watching who are um, avid gamblers, clearly the winner in the top five make you the money, but they're also obviously the hardest ones to pick. So I think Morikawa though here is a perfect perfect pick here. I I don't see why uh, doubling up doubling up wouldn't hurt. I think all our picks have been really have been really good this week. I'm three seven and one. You are three and seven. Uh, sorry, three six and one. You're wow. three and seven. So for guys who are only t- t- taking five picks a week, that's pretty good. You. you we are three out of 10. So yeah. we pretty well so far this week. But folks, that's going to do it all for us on the Get in the Hole podcast. As always, be sure to follow us on our social media, Instagram and Twitter at Get in the Hole pod. Uh, stay tuned for everything that we have coming up. We're going to give you our picks uh, on, on our Twitter through a nice, uh, cute little graphic that I make myself. So it's going to be uh, pretty nice. We're going to we're going to be keep our eyes posted on the memorial. And there's a good chance that I actually might end up at Tory Pines for the U.S. Open. So we're, so we're gonna, I know, right? Yeah. Big reveal, folks. Wow. Uh, it, wow. Lar- it largely depends on how expensive the airfare is in San Diego because <laughs> um, obviously flying out of JFK is going to be a pain in the ass, so we're going to see what happens. If not, we'll keep posted them. If not we'll we're going to definitely try and make a, a couple of other other tournaments this summer. I'm going to try and outshine John considering, uh, <laughs> especially early on in the year, every tournament is in Texas, so it's almost easy for you. Thank you for listening to the Get in the Hole podcast a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetInTheHolePod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Shout out to our sponsors over at Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Vodka for all their support in making Underground Sports your go-to place for all things sports. The Get In The Hole podcast, hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia, releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next time. Get in the hole!